the floorboards, the shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now with your home improvement question. Call us with your do-it-yourself dilemma. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. We are here to help you get the jobs done around your house. And we're here in Los Angeles, California for a very special reason today. We are attending Book Expo America, and we are here to launch our first ever Money Pit book. It's called My Home, My Money Pit, Your Guide to Every Home Improvement Adventure. It hits bookstores this week, and we're so happy to be able to publish that book with our friends at Globe Pequot Press. Mm -hmm. And we are super-duper excited about the whole project. You know, we wrote My Home, My Money Pit, Your Guide to Every Home Improvement Adventure to help you survive and then thrive through all of your home improvement adventures. And Tom and I have combined our decades of experience to deliver to you the ultimate look-before-you-leap guide to home improvement. This book is going to teach you all of those lessons that you would have learned along the home improvement way, but right at the beginning, before you even tackle any project. And there's a lot of buzz about the book right here on the trade show floor. They're flying off of the floor, I have to say. They've given away <laughs> hundreds of these books uh, to these bookstore uh, owners and retailers. And uh, we've also cre- created a bit of buzz in the home improvement category. We want to take a moment to thank uh, some of our fellow home improvement journalists who have joined us in endorsing the book, including Kevin O'Connor from This Old House, right on the cover. A nice mention from Kevin and Bob Vila. How to guru. Bob Vila uh, is. Uh been very kind to provide us with a, a quote for this book. In fact, Bob says, comprehensive and informative, Tom and Leslie's book keeps the reader focused on what's practical and smart about their own home improvements. We want to thank Bob. Also, Bill Rancic, winner of The Apprentice, had some nice things to say. Alan Heavens from the Philadelphia Inquirer gave us a great statement. Angie Hicks, founder of Angie's List, is actually in the book and gave us a testimonial. And our pal Kevin Ireton, I love his quote the best, Leslie, because he says, good advice about home improvement isn't usually this fun to read. And that's exactly <laughs> what we tried to do. We tried to make this a fun home improvement book because home improvement is an adventure. It's exciting. It's exhilarating. And it doesn't always turn out the way you expect it. Yeah, and we want you all to have a great time with your home improvement adventures as well. That's why every single person who calls into the Money Pit this hour and gets on the air is going to take home a very free advanced copy of our book, My Home, My Money Pit, Your Guide to Every Home Improvement Adventure. So pick up the phones, get in there, give us a call with your question, get on the air this hour. 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's first? All right, we're going to start this hour in Philadelphia. We've got Jim, who's got a question about the exterior of his home. Jim, what can we do for you? Hey, love your show. Um, I've got to sell my house this summer, and I'm kind of got my back against the wall. I hear a lot of people talking about you know how the outside of the house can really affect the sales price, but I don't have you know infinite budget, so I need to try to, I guess, maximize and try to get the most bang for my buck. Can you help me? Well, in terms of prioritizing those all-important dollars, Jim, I would start with landscaping. Now, landscaping is the least expensive way that you can get uh, a great uh, return on your investment. In fact, some of the surveys that we've read have said, uh, for example, if you spend about 500 bucks on your lawn, you'll get about a $5,000 return on investment. So take wow. a look at the landscaping. Clean up the shrubbery. Get rid of the weeds. Do get as rid much of personal landscaping. objects out there as well. Oh, absolutely. The next thing is maintenance. I mean, take a look at the exterior skin of your house. You know, people do judge a book by its cover, just like our book is flying off 
the, the trade show floor today. They do judge a book by its cover. So if your outside doesn't look good, people are not going to stop. They're not mm-hmm. going to come in. You've got to remember, you're competing with a lot of other folks that are, uh, that are actually in the neighborhood looking for homes. And, Jim, you have to remember that a lot of people are doing their initial look-see online. So if you've got photos of the exterior of your house online and they see something that they're not exactly jazzed about, they might not even come to see your house. So you oh, really want to make it very appealing. Pressure wash the exterior. If you can afford it, slap a fresh coat of paint on there. You know, think about touching up the trimming. Wash the windows. Simple things like that. Even some containers on the stoop by the front door with some nice colorful flowers really does the trick to bring people in. And Jim, one last thing. If you do want to invest some remodeling dollars, there was a study done by Thermatrue that showed that if you replace your front entry, you can actually get about five times the cost of that improvement in an increased value in your house. So just changing your front door is also a very dramatic thing. We address all that, by the way, in Chapter 14 of our book called 40 Fabulous Fix-Ups for Your Facade. And we're not talking about your face here. We're talking about the face (laughs) of your house. That's in my home, my money pit, your guide to every home improvement adventure. Jim, we're going to send you a copy so you can get started. Good luck with that house. Awesome. Thanks. All right. Well, we are broadcasting from the Los Angeles Convention Center from the Book Expo America, kicking off our brand spanking new book, My Home, My Money Pit, your guide to every home improvement adventure. And the very first chapter of our book is called Designing Spaces and delivers the step-by-step advice you need to redecorate your space. Up next, painting is probably the most popular decorating technique, but getting it where you want is always the trick, like on the walls and not on your clothes. We're going to have some strategic painting tricks for sharp lines and clean corners when we come back. You're You're listening listening to Extreme Extreme How-To Radio. portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by April Air, makers of professionally installed high-efficiency air cleaners. For more information, go to AprilAir.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you're listening to the Money Pit, broadcasting from the Los Angeles Convention Center, site of 2008 Book Expo America. We are here promoting our brand new book, My Home, My Money Pit, Your Guide to Every Home Improvement Adventure, published by GPP under the brand spanking new NAC imprint. And we start off our book with the most inexpensive project that has the biggest impact you can ever tackle in your home, and it's paint. And on page 8, there's a great tip for creating sharp, crisp lines whenever you're painting stripes or the diamond harlequin patterns or any other pattern you can dream up and create with paint. Whatever you're doing, you want to make sure you paint your base coat on the wall, whatever that base first color is. Then go ahead and take your tape and create your pattern and do all your swirls, whatever you're doing with your tape. Then go and paint over all of that tape with that first base color. This is because that paint is going to seal that edge of that paint. Otherwise, your next color would bleed underneath and you'd end up with these really sloppy lines. So if you take that first color, go over the tape, it's going to lock in that edge, then go ahead once it's dry, put on your second, third, fourth, all the other colors that you're filling in to create that pattern. Once it's dry, pull off that tape at a 45 degree angle and you will see crisp, nice, beautiful lines. More quick tips just like that in chapter one of My Home, My Money Pit, your guide to every home improvement adventure. That chapter is called Designing Confidence. Now, while we're here at Book Expo America, we're also taking the opportunity to learn about some other great books that are coming out from the authors themselves, one of which is a really fun
fun collection of stories by humorous Hollis Gillespie called Trailer Trashed, My Dubious Efforts Towards Upward Mobility. And Hollis joins us right now. Hi, Hollis. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Now, when, you're, uh, when your name includes the, uh, the, the title humorous, is the pressure always <laughs> on to be funny? Um, I, I don't feel any pressure at all. It just kind of comes out of me naturally. So. <laughs> well, that's great. Now, I understand that uh, in your book you talk a lot about uh, buying your most recent home, and the neighborhood wasn't everything that you perhaps expected on the uh, when you were doing your sort of tour with the real estate agent. Well, I, I, I picked the neighborhood according to what my income could afford me, and, uh, I, and I didn't have a lot of income at the time. I was just a flight attendant. Uh, I was living With on pent a pent-up aggression. Exactly. <laughs> and so I couldn't afford a nice neighborhood, and I did, and I, I ended up buying. But it was so important to me to own a home of my own because I grew up moving around so much. My dad was a traveling trailer salesman, and we never did own a home of our own. And, um, and so it was really important for me to, to buy one of my own, and, and uh, my income level really didn't deter me. So I bought a house for $60,000 in southwest Atlanta. And I just remember that the day before we closed on the, um, you know, the day before closing, I read in the paper that the police had found a severed human head in a plastic sack. <laughs> oh, on, nice. On my street, <laughs> you know, and then they, and then they found six other bags full of body parts that were strewn about the neighborhood, but the body parts didn't match the head parts. Now, Excellent. when you did your, when you did your home inspection right at the walkthrough before you actually went to closing, did you mm -hmm. have the inspector check for additional missing body parts that could have been like in the crawl space? Or? Well, we had the walkthrough before I found out that they had found the oh, body parts. Oh, okay. So you knew but, the house was clean at least. Uh, but yeah, I don't, there was, I, we didn't check the carriage house. There's a little carriage house garage in the back. And I remember thinking they never did find the head to match the body parts and the body parts You're to like, match hmm. the head part. So I was like, I just never, after that, I didn't venture too far into that carriage house garage in the back. Cause I and was you know, Hollis, so many times people dumpster dive for items to put in their home. It's like in that neighborhood, don't even bother. Cause if you see a bag, you never know what you're taking home with it's you. It's really true. You don't know what's kind of, yeah, it was a bad, very bad neighborhood. And I just sort of barreled into it. I just thought, oh, I don't care. I'll fix it up. And. Um, and I, the funny thing is that I, um, I, I wasn't a mother then, but then I did have a child when I was living in that neighborhood. And then, of course, I, my sanity returned to me once I had a child, and I realized I'm living in this, you know, bullet. I'm trying to figure out bullet trajectories from the street <laughs> to see if I, where I would put the crib. And I'm. Are you putting like cake pans on the windows? Exactly. And stuff? <laughs> I was, I didn't, I was trying to bulletproof the baby's room by putting cake pans on the, on the windows, and Picking I'd have my neutral colors for the house. That's right. <laughs> Everything is beige. It, well, I ended up moving. I still own that house, and I ended up moving. Keeping it as rental property right. and moving, and now I have I own three homes, and um, I have rental properties and income properties, and because that sort of started the. The, um, the so you've learned a lot uh, doing home improvements over the years. Any uh, interesting home improvement stories about something that went wrong? I uh, well, I'll tell you. I, my renters went. They moved. I had some renters in a in a income property, and that was the closest I ever came to just sort of giving up, just sort of sitting down and right. and um, crying and and not taking another. Even more renters, so oh, I, um, renters can have that effect on you. They they moved out. It, the place <laughs> look, they looked like it, it was so awful. The carpet looked like they had been rolling up corpses in it. You know and and. It, <laughs> In the kitchen, the counter, they looked like they'd been performing alien autopsies on it. I don't know how <laughs> it was even possible. It was hazmat suit, um, filthy and disgusting. And I just went in there and I just rolled up my sleeves and uh, pounded it until it was rentable again. And that's one of the biggest accomplishments. I mean, it's one of the things that I'm the most proud of myself. I, d I tore out cabinets and toilets well, and stuff. And toilets. it feels good. You feel empowered when you get done with that, right? Uh, uh, ripping out a toilet. Um, you know, with that awful... As long as the water's turned off. Right. And that awful wax ring, you know, that I don't know if you guys... This was house was 30 years old. I mean, was 70 years old. So it had this horrible wax ring that had probably been through generations. And, oh. and you know, cleaning up that wax ring under the toilet. Oh, my... It was... It was 
That's one of the, I have that's a new definition jokes. of my mm -hmm. strength as a person because of and that And you incident. know it's wax, but it truly does look like boogers. Oh, it totally does. <laughs> I went there. That's right. It looks like... Listen, I started my kids off on home improvements early, and I had my daughter actually help me change the toilet in my parents' house. And she did the whole job, except when it got to the wax ring. No. No, it, it. it's so disgusting Pretty looking. disgusting. Yeah, but when but you But she was very it, proud, yeah. but she's the only 11-year-old who knows how to replace a toilet. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> she did a great job. Well, she was miles ahead of me at 11. Hollis, your book is called Trailer Trash, My Dubious Efforts Towards Upward Mobility. You're a delight. So good luck with the book. Thank you. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show coming to you from Book Expo America. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Let's get to those calls. All right, we've got Blake in Connecticut. Blake, what happened? You were in the middle of some sort of concrete step project, and then it rained? Yep, exactly. I was doing a home project. By the way, I'm a home inspector in Westchester and Connecticut, so I, I appreciate this show. Oh, thank you. Uh, oh, great. At any rate, uh, we were doing a bluestone project where one of the um, steps got loose and the brick, the brick risers had gotten loose from the snow and ice from the year before, and we put down a nice high-grade coat of uh, concrete, reset the bricks, put the bluestone back down, uh, jointed it up, and then it immediately started to rain. We covered it with a tarp, but it rained all night. came out the next morning. A lot of concrete had leached out onto the bluestone surface oh, of no. the platform beneath it. And um, I know, you know, the bricks I can try to wire brush, and they'll come off a little bit. I've tried power washing, but uh, if you hit it too hard on the bluestone, it starts to flake. Mm -hmm. So I want to know if there's something that I can apply that will loosen up that concrete and bring it back to its former self before my uh, wife disowns Kills it. you? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, about the only thing you could try is muriatic acid. Have you gone that route yet? I have not, and I was considering it, but I wanted. That's why I put the phone call in because I wanted to know if it's something that I can you, you, you safely can, use. You can do it well. You have to be very careful, and let's talk about what that means. It means you have to have uh, chemical-proof gloves. You have to have not only goggles but a full face shield, and of course, have all your skin covered. And then, even doing that, I want you to do this very carefully, working one small area at a time, because we don't know what effect the color could have on this. So you have to go really about this very, very almost experimentally to make sure it's going to work. We know when you spill concrete, there's just so few things that you can do that don't involve like you know grinding it off mm -hmm. and the muriatic acid you almost always find it for some reason in the garden section of the home center that's where i always mm -hmm. find it locally and it does do the trick it's just you do need to be very cautious with how you apply it do you pour it on and then and then wipe it off or do you wash it off or you, you know what you could do is you could put it into a spray bottle Mm -hmm. And very, very carefully, um, you know, spray a little bit, work it with a wire brush, see what happens, kind of watch it do its work, and then kind of move on from there. Gotcha. No, well, it's worth a try. I'll try it in a small, unobtrusive spot. Now, Blake, i got to ask you, you said you're a home inspector. How is the market now in Connecticut? Well, you know, I work northern Westchester primarily, but I live in Connecticut, and I do about 10% of my business in Connecticut. I am one of the bellwethers. I've been in this business as long as you were. I've done about 7,000 homes, and when I get dead, the business is gone. Yeah. So when I start to get busy, that means that it's turned around, and I'm seeing it turn around. I'm actually busy now. That's great. Well, that's great. So you're seeing an upswing. I am seeing an upswing, and I'm well, seeing multiple good. bids on a house, so that's good. Well, that's always a good sign. Now, in Connecticut, what is the most common defect that you're seeing in homes these days? Well, I think it's all water-related. It's, um, it's deferred maintenance on the exterior, gutters um, that damage the soffits. Soil and uh, siding contact, um, not keeping the joints caulked up, let the paint get a little bit deteriorated, and we see all sorts of water-related damage. That's the primary thing I see. And that's exactly the same things that we see in so many other places of the country. Blake, thanks so much for uh, stopping by the Money Pit and giving us some, uh, some tips on what's happened in Connecticut, and we hope he helped you out with that project. 
Leslie, who's next? All right, we've got Linda in West Virginia who's dealing with a stopped-up drain. What can we do for you today? Hey, guys. I've got a slow drain. Now, I know there's a formula out there, and it uses vinegar and, I think, soda. And I was wondering if you guys knew uh, what the formula was to, um, to speed up a slow drain. It's a half a cup of each, a half a cup of white vinegar, a half a cup of baking soda. First you pour the baking soda down the drain, then you pour the white vinegar over it, and you let it bubble up and do this crazy fun spritzing thing. Let that sit there for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Then you want the boilingest water that you can safely carry to this bathtub. Dump it down the drain, let that go through. Maybe you'll have to do one or two kettles worth, and that should do the trick. If you continue with this, do it once a week at first just to get things moving, and then follow up occasionally with just hot water, it should clean things up naturally. Okay, great. Now that's white vinegar, not the mm -hmm. dark. No, white. Not salad dressing. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it'll smell really funny. <laughs> Very good. Okay, guys. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Linda. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. All right, we've got John in Florida. John, welcome to the Money Pit. Good, uh, good day. Hey, what can we do for you? I have a question uh, that probably hasn't been asked for a little while in regards to polypropylene piping, the, the gray PVC piping that had the recall, oh, 15, 20 years ago. Yep, I got 20 seconds. What's your question? Uh, I'm trying to find out whether it's still active or inactive. I've, I've got some problems in a house that I bought. Oh, about a year ago that have, I'm having problems with the joints on the polyvinyl chloride. There is still um, active uh, litigation going on about that. I believe the website is pbclaims.com. And if you have it in your house, it's one of the recalled ones. You definitely uh, have some plumbing repairs in your future. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, broadcasting from the L.A. Convention Center here at Book Expo America to kick off our brand new book, My Home, My Money Pit, Your Guide to Every Home Improvement Adventure. We'll be back with more after this. It is brought to you by Citrus Magic, the all-natural, super-strong air freshener, available in spray and solid form. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now with your home improvement question. Call us right now with your do-it-yourself dilemma. Before you pick up a paintbrush, pick up the phone and call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. If you do, two things will happen. First of all, we're going to give you the answer to your home improvement question. And second, we may just give you a copy of our brand spanking new book. It's called My Home, My Money Pit, Your Guide to Every Home Improvement Adventure. And we're here in Los Angeles, California at Book Expo America launching it. That's right. And what we've done with My Home, My Money Pit is we've filled, I think, what, 250-something pages with great I know. I can't advice. believe we had that many pages in us. <laughs> I could not believe it. Every time I was like, I can't believe we filled it out this much. But it really is great. It's filled with a lot of great advice and the fun and the humor that you've come to expect from us, all while getting good information to get you through your home improvement adventures. And, you know, it really is going to be this homeowner's manual that you wish that your house came with. It's great. 
Well, we're taking your calls this hour at 888-MONEYPIT. And if we answer your question, you're going to get a copy of our brand new book, My Home, My Money Pit, Your Guide to Every Home Improvement Adventure. So pick up the phone, give us a call at 888-MONEYPIT. That's right. And our book is published by Knack, which is a brand new imprint of Globe Pequot Press. And another great new book coming out from the Globe Pequot Press is simply called The Knack of Organization. And here to tell us all about it is author Emily Wilska. Emily, welcome to the Money Pit. Hey, so why has the idea of home organization gotten so popular? Is it that we can't move and so we just keep overfilling our house with all of our stuff? (laughs) That could be part of it. But you know what? I think it's really that life seems to get more and more complex by the year. Mm -hmm. And that means we we accumulate more stuff, we have more things to do, we just get busier and busier. And the flip side of that is that it becomes more and more critical that we kind of take back control. And is it true that you really need to have, you know, a philosophy or a thought process on organization to, you know, install it into your home? Or can you just willy-nilly start stacking things together? I really go for having a, a kind of master plan or at least doing a little bit of thinking about it beforehand because it's, uh, it, it can make things worse when, you know, you just go out to the store and buy a bunch of organizational products and bring and then them try in. And them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that uh, manages to make things even more disorganized, believe We're talking it or not. to Emily Wilska. She's the author of The Knack of Organization. Sorry, right, Emily. I'm sitting home and listening to this show. I'm looking around. I don't like what I see because as far as the eye can see in my house, I've got stuff and stuff and stuff. How do you get started? How do you take that first step? How do you do like sort of the first cut when you're trying to get organized? Well, you know what I say is start by thinking about what really deserves to live in your home with you. And, you know, that that may mean checking out uh, kids and spouses, too, but I'm talking about stuff here. Yeah, because what if you're you're like the organized one and your your spouse is is the pack rat? (laughs) Well, then you kind of try to meet in the middle. Then there's a discussion and then organizational tools. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. But, But really, with anything, kind of asking yourself, does this thing belong in my home? Does it deserve space in my life or not? And if not, then it goes. It goes. And so taking a first pass and really getting rid of anything that doesn't bring value or pleasure to your life as you're living it now, that's always my step one. And, you know, Emily, I have to say I'm, I'm partly responsible for this. You know, with the home makeover shows that I work on, everything looks so beautiful at the end with the big reveal. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it sort of falsely inspires a lot of the viewers to make their homes, you know, pristine. What can we sort of take away from these shows that, you know, and, and then install into our lives? Yeah, because right. if you ever looked behind the camera, you'd see the floor-to-ceiling pile that was shifted <laughs> for the clean and pretty shot. That's in the bathroom. And you'd also see the, the crew of 12 who are there working to make things look so spectacular. But I think the really important thing to remember is that while it, it's great to have a home that looks really beautiful, whether that's what you see on TV or what you see in the pages of a magazine, being organized doesn't mean that you need to have a totally beautiful, utterly pristine space. It just means that you're surrounded by things that are useful and meaningful to you and that everything's got a place to go. So. Now, is there an opportunity here for a professional organizer if you really can't get started yourself? Are there good people out there that can actually help you make that, that uh, first pass? 
Absolutely, absolutely. The National Association of Professional Organizers, or NAPO, has about 4,500 members throughout the U.S. and Canada and a couple other countries in the, in the world as well. And, uh, you know, what we do is go in and work with folks on bringing order and organization to their lives. Fantastic. Emily Wilska, author of The Knack of Organization. Thanks so much for stopping by The Money Pit, and good luck with your book. Thanks, Tom and Leslie. Thank you, you are listening to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, broadcasting from the 2008 Book Expo America. It's a bookseller trade show, and we're here to kick off our brand new book, My Home, My Money Pit, your guide to every home improvement adventure. You're going to see that on store shelves beginning next week. That's right. And in Chapter 5 of My Home, My Money Pit, we tackle two of the hardest working rooms in your home, laundry rooms and mud rooms. And these are two rooms that are just no longer utilitarian spaces, but these are the places that you're using as hobby rooms, offices, even homework zones. We're going to deliver the dirt on how to make over those places next. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home for calling 888 Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Ream Water Heaters. For dependable, energy efficient tank and tankless water heaters, you can trust Ream. Learn more at SmarterHotWater.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we're coming to you from the Los Angeles Convention Center today at Book Expo America, where we're helping launch our brand new book, My Home, My Money Pit, your guide to every home improvement adventure. And it's full of the great info you're used to getting from us on the radio, but we've somehow found a way to print it. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> we wrote everything down. That's right. You know, one of the fun things we did with this book is to include a sidebar called Songs to Work By in every chapter. So we're going to give you a playlist. For example, if you were to turn to a project in Chapter 5, we might recommend listening to Don Henley's Dirty Laundry or Waiting on the World to Change by John Mayer or just about anything from Muddy Waters. Mm -hmm. And those, of course, go great with our Chapter 5, which is all about laundry rooms and mud rooms. And speaking of those two very busy rooms in every home. We've got some tips for planning a super productive and useful space because I know my laundry room isn't just for laundry anymore. So many of you are using those spaces for tons of other ideas. So when you're planning yours, make sure you think of other tasks that you might be doing in there, like a hobby or a craft, gift wrapping, if your kids are doing homework while you're doing a chore. You know, think creatively about how you can best use that space so everybody can have a good area to, to do whatever it is that they're working on within there. You know, you can add a paper roller for art or wrapping. You can put chalkboard paint for any creative expression or just even a list of chores. Add more counter space to give you a workspace or your kids an area for homework. And even give yourself some extra lighting just to make sure that anybody who's in that space can actually see what they're doing properly. 888-666-3974. Call us right now with your home improvement question, and you might just go home with, well, you're kind of already home, but we'll send to your home a copy <laughs> of My Home, My Money Pit, your guide to every home improvement adventure. Leslie, who's next? All right, we've got Bob in Texas standing by who needs some help with an electric water heater. What can we do for you, Bob? Well, I have an idea that uh, makes sense to me, but sometimes I'm the only one that it makes sense to. <laughs> okay. Uh, when we use our dishwasher, by the time the dishwasher fills, 
the hot water is just getting to the dishwasher and, you know, everything goes on. And I, we're washing dishes in cool or cold water. And what I want to do is put a tankless water heater just prior to or adjacent to the dishwasher. And then by the time the hot water gets there, it will overcome the tankless one and we'll be washing uh, dishes in hot water. Uh, a couple of things. First of all, uh, dishwashers today very often have their own electric water heater built into them to boost the water temperature. So the idea that you need to serve up hotter water to that is not exactly solid. If you have an older dishwasher, it might not be the case, but most dishwashers today will up the temperature of the water and don't rely on simply the temperature of the water coming off the water heater. Okay. Conceptually, you're onto something because tankless water heaters, though, are so small that you can, in fact, zone your house in the sense that you could have multiple... More than one. Yeah, multiple tankless water heaters. And the problem this it's most annoying that this solves is not so much the, the water at the dishwasher, but the water that you have to waste out of your shower, for example, in the morning because maybe your bathroom is so far away from your water heater that uh, it just takes too long to get there. Now, the only thing bad going for you here, Bob, is that there's no such thing as a good electric tankless water heater. If it's a gas water heater, fine. But in terms of electric, the technology is just not there. Those units are very, very expensive to run. So if and you had a gas... Inefficient. Very energy inefficient. Uh -huh. so, the, so if you're concerned if your dishes are not getting clean, the smartest thing, frankly, that you could do is replace your dishwasher with a more modern one. Energy okay. Star rated appliance. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I see. I hadn't uh, thought about the electric side of it, and we do not have gas available. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, gas water heater, gas tank was fantastic. Electric, not so much. Bob, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. All right, we've got Abby in Ohio who's dealing with a squeaky floor. Tell us about the problem. I have a second uh, duplex, two-story, and wood floors upstairs that squeak, and I don't know how to get rid of those squeaks. Uh, what kind of flooring is squeaking? Is it plywood or is it hardwood? Hardwood. Okay. Well, if it's hardwood, it's a little more difficult because obviously you have to do something that's not going to look offensive. But here's what you do. Frankly, wood floors are squeaking because they're moving, so you need to make them tighter. The way you do this is you find the loosest, noisiest areas first. Then you find the floor joist directly under that. And do that and, with a stud finder. Yes, with a good quality stud finder, I'll be able to identify that. Then there's two ways that you can fix these loose boards. Probably the easiest thing to do is to get some number 10 or number 12 galvanized finish nails and you want to pile it out a hole that's a little bit smaller than the nail with a drill and then drive that nail at a slight angle downward into the wood countersink it below the surface and then fill the head and that actually will uh, smooth out the floor problem because it'll tighten up those boards and quiet them. Oh. Now the second way to do it is to actually drill a hole and counterbore the hole and then plug it. But that's a lot more woodworking involved, and you and end up having to. And you'll see that wood plug. Yeah, you would. You'd have to refinish oh, the plug. Okay. Right. You follow us? Yeah, I do. Yeah, but uh, the good thing to know about this, though, Abby, is that it's not a structural problem. Okay. Floors are always expanding it's and just contracting. An right, and for those <laughs> of you that have plywood. It's easier. With the plywood, you can peel back the carpet and use case-hardened drywall screws and tighten that plywood up by screwing it all down to the floor. The nails are what makes the noise. And you know what, plywood. Abby? We're going to give you a copy of our My Home, My Money Pit book. And on page 15, there's a diagram right there that shows you exactly how to do that toenail oh, trick Tom was talking about. Great. Thank you. Up next, a kitchen is the one room that delivers the best return on your home improvement investment. We're going to teach you how to remodel that room next. Hey! 
Money Pit is brought to you by Bear Premium Plus Ultra Exterior Paint and Primer in One with advanced NanoGuard technology to help you save time and money while preserving your home's exterior finish. For more information, visit Bear.com. That's B-E-H-R.com. Bear products are available exclusively at the Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we want you to be able to listen to the Money Pit whenever you want and wherever you want to. And you can do this by simply downloading our very free podcast at moneypit.com. And you can also take our advice and go with our brand spanking new book, My Home, My Money Pit, Your Guide to Every Home Improvement Adventure. And you can carry this Bible with you wherever you go and look up anything and everything before you leap into that home improvement adventure. Available at bookstores everywhere beginning next week, and we're promoting the book here today at the Los Angeles Convention Center at Book Expo America. We we're pleased to report that they are flying off of the trade show floor. Now, you can fly on over to our website at moneypit.com if you have a home improvement question and email us by clicking on Ask Tom and Leslie. We've got one here from Robert in Georgia. He writes, we moved into a small 19-year-old fixer-upper. We're doing most of the work ourselves with family help. The kitchen has a subway tile backsplash, which is in good shape, but the counter needs work. We want to clean, restore, regrout, and then seal. Any advice we would absolutely appreciate. Well, there's certainly a lot of things that you can do with a counter. In terms of uh, regrouting, restoring, you know, if it's that bad, you might want to think about carving that grout out, don't you think, Leslie? And maybe well, regrouting? And that's not a terrible thing. A grout saw easily does the trick. Remove all of that grout as best you can. I would try to clean the tiles first just so that you're not getting things into the substructure or whatever might be underneath that. Yeah, you don't you want know. to grind in more, more grit, more yeah, dirt. So clean the tiles best you can. Get rid of that grout. Then once everything is sort of dried out and cleaned out, then you can re-grout. Make sure you sort of float that grout on at a 45-degree angle and get it into all of those nooks and crannies. And if you're concerned about the color of the grout and constantly having to clean, seal immediately once it's dry if you're going with a white or even think about tinting the grout or choosing something in a different color just to give it a little bit more definition maybe give it a new look if that's something that you're into and then you also don't have to be so concerned about dirt and grime all right the next one is from christy in grass valley california christy says i recently moved into a brand new home whenever i turn off my faucets i hear a clunk in the pipes <laughs> i'm going to ask my contractor about this but want to be prepared in case i get the usual don't worry lady that's totally normal response <laughs> <laughs> is it totally normal? Well, no, not if the pipes are installed properly. I will tell you this. What's going on here is called water hammer. Uh, Christy, water is very heavy. It weighs about eight pounds per gallon. So as it runs through your pipes, it builds up some centrifugal force. And when you turn the valve off, what ends up happening, the water keeps going. And it sort of hits a wall, and it shakes the pipes. Now, why is that not normal? Well, because if your pipes were properly installed, then that would not happen. If they were clamped to the wall securely. If they securely. were tightened up and clamped to the wall securely, that would not happen. Correct. So two things. First of all, have your contractor come back and secure all of those pipes so they don't rattle. And secondly, he can install what's called a water hammer arrestor, which is sort of a shock absorber for your plumbing system, and that'll do the trick. All right, E from Bayside writes, I have 1950s asbestos cement house siding, and some of the pieces need to be replaced. Can I get replacement pieces? If so, what company makes them? Um, actually, several companies. I see them in the home centers all the time. And remember, if you have asbestos siding, it's you know it's not necessarily a terribly bad thing because it's cement asbestos. It's held if inside it of a... If it crumbly, then it's an issue. But it wouldn't because it's inside of a cement binder. So you can use the replacement tiles and really live with that. Yes, you got to paint it. But remember, it's never, ever going to rot. 
Well, that's about all the time we have for this hour of the Money Pit. Thank you so much for spending it with us. We're broadcasting here from Book Expo America to launch our new book, My Home, My Money Pit, your guide to every home improvement adventure. I want to send out a special thank you to the publisher, Globe Pequot Press, for hosting us here at this beautiful booth here in L.A. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.